You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. Oh yeah, everybody. Bing is for doing, and here we are doing another amazing AfterBuzz TV after-show podcast for your favorite show, Dexter. And we're on Season 8, Episode 3, What's Eating Dexter Morgan. And uh, nothing was eating him, but somebody else was eating something pretty nasty. But, I'll tell you what, I'm your host, Sean O, and I'm joined here by my awesome co-hosts. Hi, I'm Stephen Lemieux. And I'm Anna Koppel. And we're going to be talking about the following topics tonight. The Brain Surgeon Case. We'll discuss Dex Helps Deb? With a question mark, yes. <gasps> Quinn Helps Deb. Every, everything revolved around Deb this episode. Elway possibly drugs Deb. And uh, lastly, Dex gets his first ritual kill of the season. And we don't get to see it. And we don't get to see it. They just robbed us of that. Cheated. Maybe we'll understand why that's happening at some point during the season. Maybe we'll understand it's an artistic choice. Yeah. Some, some, I don't know. Maybe they're making it the more G-rated Dexter this season because he's got his kid there. and Maybe they want to... Uh, what's that word called when they uh, they broadcast it? Because they tried doing that with like CBS, right? They tried putting some Dexter episodes on CBS for a bit. Cross-broadcasting. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, in... Syndicated? Syndication. Thank you, Phil, in the booth. Um, So, yeah, anyway, let's go ahead and start talking about the brain surgeon case. So, pretty much the big thing that... Well, the first thing that happens this episode is that uh, Lyle Sussman's cabin has been restyled. That was not the way that Dexter Morgan left it last time, right? There's no guy hanging. He wasn't hanging. So at first I'm thinking like, okay, this guy's body's gone. Like maybe it's been completely removed, but it was just, he, they made it look like a suicide now. And it kind of looked like a suicide before, except that he was hung on the meat hook. And I I, I thought it was going to be like hanging, you know, like he hung himself. Oh no, it was, it was pretty graphic either way. I mean, the hanging on the meat hook and then the shotgun through the mouth. Yeah. Like, cause they thought through, I mean, broken teeth, they put. The gun in the hands, apparently, because there was the gunshot residue on right. his yeah. hands. And taking the piece of the brain by using the gunshot to the head completely ruins the brain. There's no way they're going to know what's missing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I made a note to myself that if someone does a good autopsy after this, maybe Vogel might do it. No, or maybe she won't because they want to find the brain surgeon. Uh, then they would obviously say that this would be a post. That that was probably, I'm sure it was, a post-mortem gunshot, right? Yeah, you'd so, think. So then they would be able to tell, like, with all, well, maybe it just destroys the tissue so much. It's, I'm a little rusty on my forensic science. But I would say that a good forensic examiner would be able to tell that it was post-mortem. Well, 
Oh, you go ahead. Okay. Um, but doesn't the brain stay active longer than the body? Like, doesn't it stay active for another 10 minutes or something after the body dies? Technically active, but, I mean, I don't know how active it can be if it's little pieces. Like, that's the problem. Like, think if sure. you incinerate a brain, I'm not sure if it can be active. Well, think about it like this. If he was hung and he was already dead, the the blood and the arteries, you know, they're not pumping yeah. to the brain anymore because it has to go against gravity. Because it's not, everything would be pooling towards his feet. So when he's shot in the head, at when someone like redid the crime yeah. scene, then there wouldn't be as much. There would be, there would not be as much active blood coming out of the wound. So someone should, like the the medical examiner, should be able to tell that. That's what I thought too. Because mm-hmm. if if you shoot through the head, I mean, you'd still think like there'd be bleeding in the forehead that would fall into the cavity. But if all the blood's already congealed and there's no blood. I mean, I don't know. And there should it, be less it, blood. It's obviously scene. been like a day or two since Dexter found him hanging. Yeah. Right. Anyways, a little interesting thing there, but Lieutenant Batista just go, goes ahead and says, this is one for the records, guys. We finished this case in lickety-split mm. timing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, yeah, and that is that is a question that I have because he says, you know, well, let's thank Vogel for her help with the case and goodbye. So... Why doesn't anybody ask, what is she still doing here when she comes to talk to Deb? Uh, and I think that will continue to be an issue. I mean, it's, there has to be something else that comes up where she has to help with another case. Otherwise, it's going to be strange <laughs> that she's hanging out at Miami Metro. I just wait for someone to be like, so, um, what do you actually do? Because, right. I mean, did she really, she didn't really even help with the case aside from that main meeting. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. Quinn... <laughs> Quinn Oh, did you already say that? Sorry. No, no, no. Oh, no. but Quinn, Quinn's like, what's she doing here? And Dex is like, oh, she's a family friend. And it's like, well, you look like you didn't even know who the hell she was at that meeting. So. Yeah. I was thinking that, too, when she walked in. And I, was, and I was noting it. I was like, dude, isn't it kind of suspicious that pretty much what you guys are just saying, that she keeps following Dexter everywhere and they're working so closely together. Do we want to talk about Fogel yet? Or? Oh, yeah, we're talking about her. Like, she's not anywhere on the rest of the topics. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, the brain surgeon yeah. case encompasses Vogel. Um, with with closing of the case, with the brain surgeon case, it's Dexter was the blood guy, so I think that's largely up to him to have put those suspicions in the air. Like, he could have been like, oh, I'll be a good blood guy, and I'll check if there's blood on any of these hooks. I'll check blood around the area. But that's probably why they could close it so quickly because they don't need an autopsy to know why that guy died. Yeah. And and Dexter doesn't want them. Vogel and Dexter both don't want them, the Miami Dade Police Department, yeah. to pursue it because they want the brain surgeon for themselves. Well, maybe they could actually use Fogel if they were going to pursue it. So Fogel, I really don't like her character as well. She's playing the character as written, and they're yeah. writing it this certain way. Yeah. She's trying to go between Deborah and Dexter. Every single scene you see her, they, it, they they keep playing the same pattern. You have a scene with her with that's mainly about something, and then the scene ends with Dexter talking about Deborah, and then she says something along the lines of, "But do you really like De- Deborah? Can I think that you don't really like Deborah? Oh, she knows. Like it's it's just anti Deborah." Yeah. I, I totally forgot that she kind of has a little bit of an accent, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> tiny bit. It's hard. It's hard I exaggerate it. Um, yeah, something the I, the main thing that she said that really bothered me was, uh, she said, you know, that the number one rule uh, of the code was don't get caught. And so um, when Deborah found out that you are who you are, why didn't you kill her? Not that I would ever advocate such a thing. It's like, well, 
But you kind of are right now. You're kind of suggesting, why don't you kill Deb? And didn't Fogel say, um, so Dexter, if this man finds me, then he's going to find you. Okay, well, I don't want to get caught, so Fogel... Yeah. Oh, you would want Dexter to kill Vogel? Yeah. Well, she 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 said, you can't kill me because I don't fit the code. But yeah. then she says, oh, well, the rule number one is don't get caught. Well, you know about Dexter. You're trying to get him caught by messing with his life, bringing your bullcrap into his life. Why didn't he just kill you? I I feel like... In that situation where she was discussing the whole Deb thing, like meeting that part of the code, I guess, I feel like she just wanted to see what his reaction was. In a way, she's still studying him. She's still that psychoanalyst, psychotherapist lady. It's and- almost like Hannibal studying Will Graham. Oh my goodness, you're totally right, Stephen. And in this episode, well, we, are we going to talk? You know, I, oh, the the ritual kill, we'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get all that. Yeah, but it, it's, it is under the same kind of thing, you know. It's the same theme that we got with Hannibal going on there. But uh, I wanted to also talk about how Vogel gets that text. And we were kind of confused at first we were like wait what was that her phone and then she goes she, she it says look outside obviously she goes to look outside his and hers total metaphor for the person and because it's the occipital lobe that's been cut out this person is watching them and dexter mentions oh he may not know who i am but this person is watching us and he knows that we're working together and it's like a message saying i see you and i'm going to target you i i honestly wanted to say something i don't know They know how to throw twists in there that we wouldn't expect, and I want, like, thinking outside the box with this, I don't think the his and hers was for her and Dexter. Like, I don't think they know about Dexter yet. Who do you think it's for? I don't think we're supposed to know yet. I think it's something we're going to find out later and be like, oh, but I really don't think that we're looking at this the right way. Like, I don't think they know about Dexter. I think the his and her could be representing the, the two... Like, there could be two people working together against Vogel that we don't know about. Because, I mean, to use all the things that... How do I put this? For all the murders they've done and cleaning up the cabin and then still doing other things, like, it feels like there could be two people and it feels like his and hers could be representing her and the other her other old patient seeing her as the occipital lobe. I just don't think we should throw our minds into the whole cage of thinking it means Dexter and Vogel. Well, that's that's a really good point you raised, Stephen. Um, oh well, we'll see what happens. Right? <laughs> it is a mystery. The whole season's a mystery. I don't know. Uh, but this leads us to Ron Galuzzo. Uh, it's so funny how she is implicating. You know, she's just going down the list. Vogel's just saying, "Okay, this was my former client. This is probably him. He probably fits this." Well, she's just going through a book. She is going through. Yeah, it's she's like going it, through her book. Yeah, you're right. It feels like she's just testing Dexter, making him meet all of these people that she wrote about. And she's wrote about him, so what's going to happen when it gets to him? Well, it seems like all of her clients besides Dexter, I mean, so far, are fascinated with the brain. This guy's eating the brain, the other one's taking out parts of the brain. It could be different people who are taking out the different parts of the brain. Well, I don't think I don't think they're so fascinated on the brain. He was just basting the brain in garlic because it is a piece of the body. To yeah. well, he I mean, was eating everything, yeah. not just the brain. But yeah, the, you know, I, the brain was included bring out special treatment it was marinating in garlic the other (laughs) things were just thrown in the freezer you know whatever but i mean the point is they're removing parts of the body you know that uh most people most people don't do that most i don't know anybody who does that so that is true but it is a it's like a they're taking apart the body dexter does the same thing dexter takes apart the body 
Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it might be all of her clients or maybe psychopaths have that in common. Maybe one of us should, like, read a psychopath book by an author and see if, like, see what it kind of looks like. See if they think the same way as Vogan. I don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. Especially <laughs> not us. We're too yeah. hard-watching television I shows know. here at AfterBuzz TV. Sean and I just made the exact same, like, stink face at each other. We're like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> read. Blah. But I want to talk about Ron Galuzzo. So he's included in this. We finally get to we get to see this potential killer. What he looks like. They talk about him for the first what like fifteen minutes of the episode. And I I made an observation that the place they were shooting at the mall kind of looked like the Los Cerritos Town Center Shopping Center Mall, which is in Cerritos, California. Never been there. Yeah, so I have. I work in that area for my day oh. job. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of funny. It it looked, it looked a little bit like that. If uh, people want to go give it a visit, you know, any Southern California people, go check it out over there. You might it's see Michael C. Hall. There. <laughs> you, you may have seen them shooting if you were there that day. You may get picked up by a cannibal selling exercise equipment. <laughs> a, a gay cannibal. Because he that seemed, scene. <laughs> it, oh it was God. so ambiguous, right? Yes. He, right away, he's he looks like he's hitting on two girls, right? But then as soon as he sees Dexter coming at him, he's like, "Oh, hey, hey maybe there. guys have more meat." Yes, and that's that's probably what it really was. And it, it man, they just totally messed with this this whole episode. The, like the writers, they're just switching everything around. And even with Dexter, the way he was analyzing him, I was feeling like. Oh, Dexter's totally getting this wrong. He's not covering up because he's a killer. He's covering up because he doesn't want to reveal that he had a therapist to his potential gay lover, right? The guy he's going to take out on a date. And he's just feeling him up. He's just like touching Dexter and being like kinesthetic with him. So he's he gets to, to cop a feel early before he gets known. <laughs> That's what I feel. What, what did oh you guys? How did you guys feel about this? About whole the whole thing with Ron Ren whatever Ron Galuzzo. Ron Galuzzo, yeah, yeah. How'd you guys feel about him? I did not get the gay vibe from him at all. I just thought, I I don't know. I, I just felt like he was another one of those gym guys, and you know, I hate I hate that. I hate all of those people like coming up to you in the mall. And the, first of all, I hate going to the mall anyway. So when the people at the kiosk come up to you and it's like an attack, you know, like no, please, I just like, don't make eye contact. I hate it. So uh, I just felt like he was one of those overly obnoxious, friendly, like, hey, let me bring you over here to my optical. Just. Ugh. Uh, it's all I got from him. So, so, people might hate me for this, but this is what I think of the whole Ron Galuzzo thing. I think his storyline is more interesting than the Fogo storyline, and I really wanted to know who he was eating, and I wanted a Dexter to actually investigate him and actually see a Ron Galuzzo storyline. The actor himself was actually pretty talented, like the, his facial expressions and the way he answered questions. It was interesting to watch, and that one scene alone, we was able to be put us in, like, those weird situations and make us think these things. That's talent. Well, now, wait a minute, Stephen. You bring up a good point. If you're that interested, we didn't actually get to see him kill Ron Galuzzo. He Man. killed Ron Galuzzo. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure he did, too. Yeah. De- Dex wouldn't... I mean, aside from Hannah McKay, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't put people <laughs> on his table and not kill them. That's what a terrible Dexter is confused about who he is right now. Shot. Why? Why? I'm just saying it went off screen. <laughs> no, I forgot. Okay, here, this is what I wanted to say. Now, do you think that Dexter would clean up this guy's entire apartment? Like, take out all those body parts and everything? Because if this guy goes missing and someone goes to his place and finds all those body parts, wouldn't you think that would be a little bit suspicious? Like, oh, the Bay Harbor Butcher's back. Killers are getting killed. He wouldn't have to clean up his apartment, just his kitchen. Just his kitchen. I mean, yeah. his kitchen's already pristine kill. It's a kill room. Yeah. 
It's practically made for Dexter. And when they walked in that kitchen, the first thing I saw was the meat grinder. I was like, who gets it? And I said it was a pasta grinder. I was like, because I wasn't thinking. I was like, who has a pasta grinder like that? Oh. You know what? I I was actually thinking within the last few months, because I did read it on Lifehacker, to get your own meat grinder and get, like, cubes of steak and grind it up yourself. So much better. It's healthier that way. It tastes better. It's fresher. And you you just get more vitamins and nutrients out of that. Total bitch to clean, though. Oh, I bet. Oh, it's terrible. That's why you see people with terrible disfigurements. Anyway, so <laughs> this anyway. was the, the first time. It was so funny because we see the, the, the crock pot marinating with and, – and we knew it was going to be body parts in there. You know, it was like – it was so, like, obvious. It was focusing on that thing. We were thinking brain. We were thinking it was going to be brains, yeah. like pieces of occipital lobes and things like that. I thought it was going to be a whole brain that was in there. Yeah, and something like that. Thank goodness we got to see the whole brain in the fridge to, to prove it more like, oh, there's no pieces missing. It's yeah. completely whole, so he's not the killer. However – this was the first time we get to see Dexter, like, really gag. Like, I think ever, right? He he looked at it, and he, he looked at the finger that was floating in the crock pot, and he was like, oh, oh, and you see the expression on Michael C. Hall's face. It's just like, oh. Well, I mean, we got it last episode. Dexter saw the, uh, he saw that when he was a child, he saw the blood everywhere, and he thought it was art. And then seeing, like, a finger in soup is not art. Like, the killing is an art, and that is not killing. That's cooking, and it's gross. That's, uh... Yeah, well, cannibalism is completely different from it's murder. Not an art. It's not It's not an Well, it's, it's not, not a different... Art. It's a totally different level. It's Hannibal a different makes experience. It an art. Yes, he does. They should be in touch, I guess. <laughs> I still... I wanted to know who he killed. Like, I wanted to know whose brain that was. I wanted to know if... If they were girls or guys or whatever, a mix, you know. But I think I don't know. Just the way he was talking to the women, I, I would ha- I would say it's probably easier to like prey upon the women over there at the at the mall and lure him back to his kill kitchen. No, but, as a, like the alliteration there. I was thinking he would try that with Dexter. Like, oh well, I'm a personal trainer. I can show you my routine, and then we wouldn't know if he's like being gay or not. But it, that scene was so weird. It was. It was crazy. It made me hungry, though, the, the fridge scene. <laughs> it made you hungry. All that marinating brain in the garlic sauce. Everyone knows you make ceviche with brain. You don't put it in a garlic sauce. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Continuing on. Let's continue on. And uh, I want to, before we move on to our topic number two, I actually wanted to mention, hey, you AfterBuzz fans at home, please check, go to the iTunes store, type in Cereal Buddies, into the bar, search bar there. And guess what? So you're going to get the, the movie that's pretty much the epitome of Dumb and Dumber and Dexter meat grinded together <laughs> into this this really, this this really awesome, like, cockamamie, funny film. <laughs> an independent film that's written and directed by Kevin Undergaro, and it stars Maria Menounos, Christopher McDonald, Christopher Lloyd, and who, who else is it? Kathy Lee Gifford, Artie Lang. Anybody else I'm missing? That I don't is. know. I'm just so focused on the fact that you can describe this film with cockamamie and it works <laughs> so well. That's pretty amazing. It does. And you should play a drinking game to this movie after you download it, too. You should, every time you hear, who said, someone said a kazoo last time. Was it you, Anna? That was not me. That mm-hmm. was probably JJ. Somebody. Every time you hear a kazoo in this film, you should take a swig of beer. Every time, <laughs> if you really want to get drunk, every time you see Phil Svitek in the movie, take 18 shots. <laughs> we don't want to spoil, though, how many times he's actually in the movie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, download Serial Buddies because you know what? It helps us keep the lights on here at AfterBuzz TV, and we don't ask much. But you know what? You can help us out because you're AfterBuzz TV fans. Anyway, let's talk about topic two. Dex 
helps Deb. Helps? Helps, helps? Deb? Which he did. did he? I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> and I felt like he really helped her. Honestly, with that scene in the restaurant, it was a total attitude change for yeah. Deb. She got so, like, she went from being, like, at the low point of the depression trough to being like, oh, normalized. I'm up to sea level now, you know? And what did you think was going to be sitting over there when you first, when De- Dexter was first saying that? Well, it, now that you bring it up, I was thinking maybe, like, a possible kill. Me too. <laughs> Someone to yeah. make her, or even an arrest, at least. I thought he was going to have, like, I thought it was going to be Ron Galuzzo sitting over there. He's like, see that guy over there? Yeah, I'm going to kill <laughs> Like, he's a psychopath or something. Like, I didn't know who it would be, but I didn't think it would be that guy. They pulled back, like, what, two seasons ago? Yeah. Two seasons ago, that's when she had she did that shootout, and that made her like really in the public eye, and she made lieutenant because of that, yeah. pretty much, which was was amazing um, that that they did that, that they pulled from that storyline. Um, however, like the whole attitude change during the dinner, I was like, oh, this is a really novel approach by Dexter. Like you guys agreed, right? It was oh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, and I think that happened uh, after a conversation that. Dexter had with Vogel, where where Vogel said to Dexter, "You are, you know that you're the source of her problems. What makes you think you can be the solution?" Uh, and so Dexter started to go a different route instead of saying, "Why are you mad at me? When is this going to be over? <laughs> Stop being mad at me. I love you." In case you didn't watch the episode, at this point <laughs> Deb has been brought in for a DUI and. And Quinn had saved Quinn got her off at the behest of Amy. Yeah, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because we are going to talk about Quinn helping Deb. Oh, I see. Um, Okay, I didn't know if that was... Okay. But it it, it, with Dexter, though, it had the complete opposite effect the next day. She was watching it over and over again, drinking freaking bourbon or whiskey, whatever she's drinking, in the car in front of the Miami-Dade Police Department, her old department. Uh Uh-oh. Front row season. No, no cops saw her this time. She walked in all inebriated. Yeah. And uh, she totally confessed to Quinn, which is freaking like, what? Are you serious? I got to bring in something from a later topic yeah. when we're talking about this, though, yeah. to make a point. Um, we have the scene with Dex. We see them having dinner, and he's like, you're a good person, Deb. You're a good person. But between that scene and the one where she's drinking, we have the Elway with the wife Yes, And there's a powerful line there where it says, uh, let's see, people get used to living in denial. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really kind of like struck Deb with Elway talking about that one at the same time. She's kind of living in denial to a point that she's living a lie. Like nobody knows it but her. And I think that's what kind of sent her into that. Like, am I a good person? But I'm still living with the secret. Like, I want to be I want to be free. And Fogel kind of agrees. Like, she needs to be free. This is the best thing for her. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's a good segue, Stephen. We should just let's just talk about all the Deb stuff yeah. because everything's pretty interconnected. Yeah. Uh so Quinn, he helps her out like in the beginning of the episode. And and he really do, he physically does something to help her as opposed to emotionally making her feel better like Dexter did you know, later in the episode. How, don't tell don't tell Amy he physically did something to help <laughs> yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. Um so Jamie ends she ends up finding out and she's like, Wait, what case? What you know, you you were supposed to be on the case, you know, freaking Batista. Batista. Good job, Batista, totally blowing it for Quinn. But how was he yeah. supposed to know? There right? was no case last night. Yeah, right. So so Quinn goes to she calls Quinn. First the officer says, like, Well, can I call somebody for you? Your brother, maybe? And she's like, No. So she uh she calls Quinn. Quinn goes to rescue her and he says, you know, let me see if I can get you out of this. Which he does. He does. 
and what I thought was interesting is later Quinn says to Dexter, um, what are we going to do? And I, Dexter says, I'll, I'll figure it. something out. So, I mean, at oh. this point, I just feel like, listen, Dexter, every time Deb calls Quinn, Quinn reports back to you mm-hmm. and says, this is what's happened. Like, get, put the pieces together. Yeah. Obviously, she trusts Quinn, you know. Work with that. Go to Quinn. Say, do this, this, and this. If you if you actually want to help her, I, I do feel like though he has he feels like a lot of responsibility though. Number one because he's her brother, but also number two because if anything comes out, like he doesn't want her to spill the beans about anything. Like they have too many secrets between them that if she ends up saying something that'll plant a seed in Quinn's mind, he could end up finding out everything about him being a killer. Something like her coming into Miami Metro and saying, I killed LaGuerta. I was the one who shot her. And that's what ended up happening. (laughs) And then when he says Dexter, she like flips her out. She's like, oh, God. Yeah. Don't get me started on Dexter. But yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because when he said we, I was like, he said we. But I didn't really think too much of it. But yeah, you're right. Like he's never. But doesn't Quinn... I keep thinking back to when Quinn had the private eye on Dexter, and Quinn kind of knows. Like, you'd think that he'd catch on a little bit more when Deborah's going through this. Like, Quinn kind of knows that Dexter is not who he really says he is. And maybe that storyline will get brought up again. And I may- hope so. We might have a flashback. Like, in the beginning of the episode, we'll probably have, like, you know, previously on Dexter. <laughs> and then it'll do that stuff. Because um, I just but, feel like when I see a scene where you'd think that Quinn would catch on, kind of thing like that, I think back to the PI thing, and I'm like, wait, did that actually happen? Because I feel like they really would have brought that up if that actually happened. Maybe that was in the book. Oh no, no, that was in the show. Like it, it, it confuses yeah. me that he's so stupid. Maybe you know, sometimes people forget, and maybe Quinn is just like conveniently forgot about it, and maybe he's he's just put Dexter up more on a pedestal because he helped him so much that one time. Right. Well, I mean, by taking the blood off his shoe, like, yes. yeah, it was like a... And he knew that only Dexter could have done it, and he even thanked him, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but still. Uh. Yeah, but De- Dexter was the one who did it in the first place. Uh. Right. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so, now, what... I I was kind of looking at my notes, but did you mention the whole about the drugging thing with Elway? Okay, so, we had a YouTuber... I forgot to look up the name, I'm sorry, but you know who you are. <laughs> good comment. Uh, yeah, good comment. You you said, do you think there's a direct correlation between Deborah having her kind of blackout, blurry vision kind of thing with Elway's drink, the blatant market advertisement that we got last episode? We got a lot of that this episode too, but not as blatant. Um, but then we get the same thing this episode with Deb, where he gives her, he puts powder in this drink, shakes it up, here's that electrolyte thing. And then Deb gets super, super, super wasted again. And I'm not sure if it makes her more susceptible to alcohol or if it, like, is something that kind of drugs her up in the first place. I don't know what it is, but it was a good theory. I mean, I'm not counting it out at all. Elway's someone. We don't know how he ties into the story yet, though. I'm it's, trying to find the... Yeah, keep talking, please, because I'm... Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. I found the yeah. the user. Uh, it is Lou Nadia Nene. That drink Elway gave to Deb, what was really on it, that probably weakened her somehow. Exclamation mark. <gasps> Probably. Uh, yeah, but this week, though, we didn't see her actually drinking it. We just saw her bring it into her office and throw it on her desk because she was still talking to Dexter. Yeah. So who knows? I do like the theory, though, uh, and I, I think it's completely valid. I liked Deb had uh, 
Deb and Elway went together to go check out this guy who may or may not be cheating. He was cheating. And she laughed. Yeah. And we saw her laugh for the first time in months. She really lightened up a lot. Yeah. And, and it was good to see. She got to good. call her boss a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> she was that, that good old foul mouth Deb. We got her back for a yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that was a pretty good little scene there. And it also seemed like kind of romantic between her and Elway. A little bit, right? A little flirty. A little flirty. Yeah, a little flirty. Like, we could see something. Come on. It, it's like they're watching a porno. <laughs> they're watching. <laughs> they're getting all aroused. Elway's looking at those big cantaloupes over there in the other car. <laughs> those were, they, they was totally, like, fake. I'm Honestly. surprised he had time, he has time to be a private eye when he's not fake tanning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird that the boss... The whole Elway investigations is like to- is going out and doing stuff in the field, you know, just for Deb, just for Deb, maybe to help her out. Oh yeah, he's got he's got it out for Deb. Listen, if there is, if your case is to go see whether or not somebody's having sex in a car, you'll probably be like, yeah, you know, I'll help out on this one. <laughs> like, of course, the guy is going to go. Let me let me help out, you know, <laughs> just in case you'll need backup. The client though, she was. She, I must say, Stephen, do you agree with me? She was kind of a milf. A little bit. No comment. No comment. Sean liked her dress. I liked the dress. It was very... I could see that. Uh, I could see my wife wearing the a dress second, like that. The very second time dress. you saw her, the dress was better. I liked the dress the better yeah. second time. What, I, what all right, color? gentlemen, I feel like we're like teetering on the edge of appropriateness, so I just want to like say... That's why I said offend, no comment. Before, that's a, I'm, I'm proud no of you, Stephen. I'm very yeah. proud of you. I'm a changed man. <laughs> but, so we I've been think, rehabilitated. So we think that Elway, we were kind of suspecting him ever since the beginning of the season. You know, this new character, a big, big time actor. He's got to have some some shadiness to him. Some so, some dark, deep passenger within him. Can I pull a Stephen and like throw out a prediction mid-show? <laughs> I don't know. If, can Stephen Lemieux pull a Stephen? Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm going to pull a Stephen here. Okay, so... First it was, Sean Patrick Flannery is going to be the main guy against Dexter investigating him. Then it was, he might be evil. And now it's, I don't know, we still haven't figured out El Sapo. They didn't really go into that much this episode. But seeing the previews from next episode and seeing uh, certain things with Fogel and, like, Deborah being a bit bit unhinged, we might see Elway kind of trying to figure out why Deborah is the way she is. And that might lead him to Dexter. Oh, that's good. So, so that so his interest in Deb might be what leads him to start investigating Dexter, and that's what I think might kind of happen throughout the season. That's a good one. I like that. I don't know. Uh, there was somebody on our uh, iTunes channel actually that said something interesting. I don't know if I read this last time, but Sam Misner said. Um, you guys are great. Love all your theories thrown around and everything. I think my theories were like so erratic last time, but thank you. Um, I, he also said maybe Deb's blood fell off El Sapo, went off, fell off. Maybe he meant off on El Sapo when he opened the door to his car after their fight. I would say that too, but the blood was in the glass that's broken. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So it's kind of like mm, I don't know. I, I really like the latest I- comment we got on iTunes. Read that one out. Well, the very latest one? Very latest. So from Juicy Peach 03? Mm-hmm. Just read it out. Juicy Peach 03 says, I'm so tired of Deborah blaming her actions on Dexter because he didn't make her do anything. She's upset because she's realizing how far she will go to cover herself and Dexter. She was compromised the day she let the two vigilantes go, Dexter and his girlfriend. That's true. That's, there you go. That's cool that she's reaching back to two seasons ago. Yeah. Very intriguing. Just like the video that's reaching back to two seasons ago. <laughs> True that. Well, Juicy Peach, thank you so much for your comment. 
So. And let's talk about, uh, I think we're kind of dry on the Deb stuff, right? Anything else um, with her? Her being the nexus of this episode? Well, um, also just, uh, you know, Dexter gave Deb the shot, man. He gave her the... Dude! <laughs> he did. He totally M99 It took her. eight seasons, but we finally saw him <laughs> M99 Deb. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I did not expect it. I was, I was pretty shocked that that happened, yeah. but... A good little deus ex machina to get her out of there, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many times throughout this series where we're like, we, I mean, we love Deb, but at the same time, there's so many times, like, I wish she would just shut up and he would just M99. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it happened. You know, I really, during the whole Deb breakdown in the Miami Police Department, I seriously felt like, I felt nervous, you know? Yeah. I, I felt like I was Deb in that situation. Like, I felt like, oh, man, like, I have, like, this intense secret, and I'm about to spill it, and I, I really felt, like, tremors within, like, my heart and soul. I shit you not. Pardon my French. But I really felt like that, and I, I almost, it was a really, it was a teary scene. I felt like a little bit of liquid welling up in, in my eye. I yeah. felt Quinn should freaking fail the sergeant's test. <laughs> like, come on, Quinn. Yeah. It was like... What are you talking about, Dad? <laughs> no. So he's like the, the worst investigator. God. <laughs> yeah. He is. I can't believe I'm saying this. He is a worse detective than LaGuardia. <laughs> yes, you're yeah. right. And she's dead. <laughs> he's. A, you know what? He's a narco. He's a crooked cop who's there. He, he did yeah. vice and narcotics. That's the stuff he deals with. He deals with being crooked. He can't see when other people are lying as much because he does it so often, probably. Like, he, he just, he yeah. cares about himself and he cares about, he probably wants to get back with Deb. Like, when, when yeah. him, it feels like that this episode. It feels like he wants to get back with her, even though he's with Jamie. And it feels like Deb kind of wants to get back with him, too, with I, that whole Elway conversation. They're going to get too close. He's going to find out about Dexter and Dexter's going to have to kill Quinn. Because Quinn has to die. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'm pulling Perhaps. a Steven again. Pulling a Steven. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, I also think in that scene we learned sort of more about Vogel and the, the lengths she's willing to go to. Because if she's, like, a good person or, like, not um, a criminal, you're not going to watch somebody, like, M99, somebody hold on to that, hold on to her written confession and, like, help hide her, like, carry her out of the police station. So, yeah. I mean, it really speaks to her level of corruption or evilness or something. Steven doesn't like her. Go go on. Uh, I'm going to play <laughs> on what you said, too, though. Um, so, the past few seasons, we've had Dexter kind of coming into his own realization that he is human. He's coming into that he does kind of care for some people. He does have these things that he likes. Oh, sex ain't too bad. Like, he has these like, human connections. And Fogel is completely tearing them apart. She's bringing them to a base level. And you can do this with anyone. It doesn't have to be a psychopath to make you – to tell someone that what they're doing is selfish because there's, there's always something that leads back to something for you. No matter any action you take, it's something for you. And she's tearing apart Dexter. And I don't like how – I mean it's – of course, again, it's written this way. I don't like how her views as a character – is that humans and psychopaths are different species. And this is the way we see it in the, in the scenes from next episode, and this is the way it is now. She holds people, she holds psychopaths to a different standard. And Dexter, even though it feels like she's trying to convince Dexter of the fact that he's not human, 
because otherwise it would make everything that she understands about psychopaths false. And and this is a paradigm that she's pretty much come up with in all of her books. And it's it's like her longitudinal study. She can't go back on it. Yeah, it's, if, if she's wrong, she can't be wrong. So she has to prove Dexter wrong. It's kind of like Harry or even Dexter calling himself a monster over and over again. And then when he kind of realizes that, wait a minute, he's not quite a monster. Wait a minute. He does feel a little bit. He's not so cold. It, he kind of like smashes through that model that he's created for himself, that like cage he's put himself in. She's she's kind of reinforcing that, like you said, Stephen. She's like putting him in that box. She wants Dexter all to herself. I mean, she's every time he's off to something else, she's like, oh no, you get you let me. What is it? And even if he says none of your business, oh well, let's talk about why you're selfish about it. And she she's reiterating the fact you are a monster, but being a monster is good. It's good to be a monster. You're perfect. And yeah. she's manipulating him. She and especially is. at the end. I thought it was the last line of the episode until we saw them totally cheating us with freaking Galuzzo's death. But Gazzuto. she's right. I am perfect, but only perfect at one thing. It's just tearing it down. It's just putting that cage around Dexter, like you said. Yeah. True that. Um, Dex finally does his ritual kill for the first time this season. And... It seemed like it was going to be a good one until they robbed us, like you said, Stephen. He didn't put pictures up. He didn't know who the victims were. For all he knows, he couldn't. He might not have fit the code. They really rushed it, actually. It, it, of course, you know what? Of course, he met the code because he's. Come on, dude. He, he's well. You know what? He's he is killing people. But I actually thought this for half a second while we were watching that she could have taught him the code too. No, no, that he could be digging up bodies or going to a morgue or something yeah. and stealing Ooh. body parts and not necessarily killing people. That is so much grosser. Well, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't eat anything embalmed. Well, well, maybe he got to him before they got the embalming fluid in him. Maybe. I mean, it seems, yeah, I mean, any of those things. But even then, it's like, the, I, was, I was thinking that she's, he, she obviously knew him. She could have instilled something like Harry's Code in him as well. Yeah. Except for the fact that he was sizing up Dexter. Yeah. Testing his uh, his arm body fat percentage there. He must work out a lot. Oh, you're. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. You are. You're obviously not a beginner. You need to try out this machine. And it's, an it's the most rudimentary machine you could <laughs> ever use in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So children can use this. It's so advanced. So during the only thing that was I think relevant during the kill, other than them robbing us of not seeing it happen, was. That Dexter was, like he usually does, he draws conclusions and he makes, like, epiphanies while he's in his kill mode. And he says, oh, you know what? Even though I despise you and I hate everything that you are, Galuzzo, I'm like you because, I, not just in the killer sense, but I'm consuming everybody I love and I'm killing everybody around me. And, and I'm, and, and, but you're eating them physically and I'm consuming them in the way that I'm just destroying their lives. I gotta say though, it's it's not the kill itself, like the stabbing, that we're cheated of. It's that we have this character, and this is where the show came from. The concept was so great. You have a wolf in sheep's clothing, and the greatest moments in the show are when people who think he's this person realize he's not that person. And we didn't get that moment. We don't get to see the reactions on his face or their faces. We don't see the reactions. Dexter didn't let him talk at all. I That's mean, we right. didn't we didn't get anything it was really just hey we didn't have him do a ritual kill this season hey let's throw this in if there was anything that that they did rob us of it, it's it's all that stuff that we've been talking about seriously the guy it was it, it usually they're talking 
And then he, like, says, oh, okay, enough of your lies. And he, like, stuffs their mouth or, like, duct tapes them yeah. or whatever. But this time, there were, it was just one way. But I think that that's the uh, progression of his, I was going to say disease. That's not right, though. Um, no, that's fine. Sure. His, his serial killing disease. For lack of a better that's, word. That's the progression of, of Dexter uh, because he is getting more emotional and... You know, maybe he doesn't need to, he doesn't have that need to punish him for what he's done wrong. He just has the need to kill. And, like, he killed, um, not El Sapo, but, uh, Briggs. Was that, is that his yes, name? Yes, Briggs. He, he just, like, killed him on impulse. And, you know, he's killing people, um, he's killing innocent people. And he's just been killed, you know, he killed Hannah's father last season. And, and, uh, it, you know, he might not have that need to, um, Hang a picture anymore? But what? I, but my problem with it is, Dexter's dark passenger is the need to kill, and you'd think with this woman Evelyn enforcing that, like you are perfect, you are this person, you'd think that the call tonight's the night, the call would be really strong, like it'd be stronger, and he would need to kill this person. However, don't you remember? If I could interrupt you for a moment, don't you remember like pre- the previous season? Dexter really opened up and he was like, hey, maybe it's not the dark passenger. He said he had that realization like, it's me. I am the dark passenger. Yeah. No, I under- I know that. But what I'm saying is it's always been a need. This kill and the last kill, none of the kills this season were a need. Like we're not seeing Dexter like having his his jittery moments, having his needing his fix. He's just killing. And- it's, it's not it's not a it's not a I need my fix. Finally. Ah, that moment. I get to savor that moment. I get to kill this man and savor the moment that his life leaves his body. It's just, oh, this guy's in my way. Oh, okay, so, I'm going to kill him. So if I can maybe, just to understand, you're saying what, what you're saying is that part of his need is the ritual, that the ritual is part of what satisfies his need. Well, it's that, and, but it's not, it's the fact that he killed him and we had this guy that we didn't really know until halfway through the episode anyway it's not like Dexter's actually stalking prey to look out for prey. It's more like he just killed this guy because it was convenient to kill this guy. Well, let's not forget that these people are being provided now. It's like an easy selection list. It It's like a buffet. Vogel has this list that's just like, oh, hey, this is the guy who's probably a killer. I know, but I just don't see Dexter, like, n- needing to kill. Like, we need to see him, like, talk about, like, the night is calling. Like, yeah. Go back to the basics just a little bit so we get to see that the old character's still there. This feels like an entirely new show in a way. But I think that's the point. This is supposed to be... I feel like this is going to be his downfall season. Come on, all the billboards. Yeah. He's got well, his yeah. own face plastic wrapped, right? <laughs> well, and that cake he did. <laughs> that cake, too. We need that cake, Phil. Phil, yeah. get us that cake. Well, make Kathy make it. Let's go ahead and move into our news and gossip. Let's do it. After Buzz TV News. Uh, I wanted to talk about another uh, comment that one of our fans had on the, our iTunes uh, account. They said, normal, but they gave us five stars, and it's from <laughs> Sasaki Yori. Um, and she said, I think you are all, or he or she, I don't know, I'm sorry. Sasaki, please uh, tell us if you are male or female, I don't know. Uh, but I think you are all acting normal. That's what he slash she said in regards, I'm sure, to that bath salt comment that we yeah. got a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sasaki. Thank for, you for backing us up right? on that. Yeah. I was like, uh, and the, the bath salts comment didn't really make sense. 
No, it didn't at all. Yeah, no, we're back. We didn't eat each other's faces. So um, <laughs> there is a particular twit pick which is going viral this weekend probably because of the uh, for sure because of the uh, zimmerman case in florida and everybody is tweeting out there like uh, some of the variety of, of tweets that i've seen have been i wish that dexter was real so he could get this guy and it, it the twit pick shows it's uh you you just type in dexter on twitter right now uh-huh. and you will for sure find like dexter and zimmerman in the same tweet but anyway it's uh it says um there's a picture of the miami star dexter's reading it and there's a zimmerman zimmerman not guilty pretty interesting that is interesting tweets go check those out and uh i have uh, one more thing about dexter to talk about which is uh let's see today hash uh, this is from at darkly today hashtag dexter's author jeff Lindsay turns 61 happy birthday happy Ooh. birthday it's my brother's birthday too oh nice. awesome happy birthday and that's a throwback to darkly dreaming dexter which is the second book i believe Go, anybody else have news no. i do really yes. quickly um there's just a uh, talks of a possible um dexter spinoff and uh, no real date on that, just uh, just a conversation that Dexter really put Showtime on the map for uh, original series. And so, you know, talks of a spinoff. I hope that it's like a comedy sitcom with Batista and Quinn having shenanigans at Papa's. Yeah. Uh, it'd be awesome. They should Quinn, maybe... you can't be missing these shifts like this. We got 10 <laughs> service down. They should maybe talk to Kevin Maria about Serial Buddies and maybe come up with something. I got some favorite lines from the episode if you want me to throw those out there. Let me go ahead and read one more tweet that I found from Eric Fletcher, at E. Fletcher SOC, who's actually one of the cameramen on Dexter. And he tweeted just uh, yesterday, during the kill room scenes on hashtag Dexter, Michael C. Hall and I never rehearsed our movements. We just danced. Thank God I had great focus, guys. (laughs) <laughs> That's interesting. That's it's really tough to be moving focus, yeah. Uh, favorite lines? Um, I loved when, at the very end of the episode, we're the same. I consume everyone I love. Yeah. And talking to the cannibal, it's a pretty powerful line. Um, and then the other one was, a mall is a perfect watering hole for a predator. Oh. I thought that was pretty good. Sweet. Let's move into our predictions. <laughs> And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. I got something. Something. A Dexter prediction is coming out of my mind. I will say that each one of those clients that Vogel has on your list is going to end up being a killer. And they are pretty much going to supplement Dexter's kills, the ritual kills, this whole season. I don't think he's going to find anybody else that he needs to kill, well, maybe until the very end, but I think the majority of his ritual kills are just going to be off that list, and it's going to make it easy for Dexter to find the kills, obviously, because we have so many other things going on. There's, like, no time for Dexter to hunt down and, like, stalk his prey like he has been in the previous seasons. Mm -hmm. Anna? All right, well, mine's kind of a two-in-one. I think that Vogel is actually very well-versed and well-trained in coercion therapy. Um, So convincing people of things or just suggesting things. Um, And so people who don't really know who they are, where they are, they're, like, very easily uh, manipulated. And so I think, so A, that's, like, part one. Uh, Part two, I think she's going to convince Deb that she's also a psychopath. She's going to show Deb these tapes and say, you know, you killed LaGuerta and convince Deb that she's also a killer. Wow. I'm total opposite. 
Hang on. I'm total opposite. I think that... Uh, you just blew my mind with that. I think that my prediction from the four with uh, Elway is going to try to dig into Deb and see what's so f- messed up with her, and she's gonna he's going to end up looking into Dexter. That's how we're going to see Elway and Dexter coming together. I think Fogel is going to move Deb out of her house and take her to somewhere to interrogate her kind of thing. To and Lyle think, Sussman's cabin? No, I think it'll probably be like... It looked like a shipping container. Oh. Yeah, it looked like a shipping container. And what I was going into with Fogel before in that she holds a different standard for humans and psychopaths, what it sounded like in the previews is that Fogel is being so hard on Deborah because she's a human and she killed another human. As opposed to a psychopath. As opposed to a psychopath. You, Dexter doesn't, like, because we hear Dexter doesn't have empathy. He doesn't know better. But you knew better, and you still pulled the trigger. That's on you. Like, you're the murderer. Mm. You belong in, like, I think Fogel is going to try to keep Deb away from Dexter, and I think Dexter is going to lash back at Fogel, and we're going to see what happens. That's really fascinating. I wanted to piggyback off of that, too. I wanted to say... That 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 would be an, an excellent way to get rid of Deb and make Vogel like a total villain this season. Anyway, and if Vogel has split personality disorders, which we predicted at episode one, perhaps yes, that might still come back out to play. It very well may be. Well, anyway, that's about all the time we have tonight for our AfterBuzz TV Dexter podcast. But uh, t- be sure to tune in next week, guys, because we're going to be discussing episode four, and we're going to have plenty of news and gossip for you. If you guys want to give us a follow, hey, you know what? Give me a follow. I'm on Twitter at Sean Austin O, and you can find me on Instagram as well. Same handle. Okay, I'm on a couple. You can follow me at Couple for Mayor, K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R. Sean and I will also be back at 9 o'clock to buzz about Ray Donovan. Awesome. You can find me at Stephen Lemieux on Twitter, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Also doing the Get Out Alive with Bear Grylls after show, as long as, as well as Twisted and Graceland on Thursdays. Also, be sure to go to iTunes and give us five stars. We got 51 reviews now. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. we just Let's get into that 100 this season. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, guys. We'll buzz with you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.